0: What's up everybody? This is Fred Rachani of TSC. We have right here via Zoom a very special guest. He's breaking down barriers in Hollywood. You may know him from a little film called Marvel Studios Eternals. He plays Ben. We are talking to Lebanese actor Haz Sleiman. Haz, thank you so much for the time. How's everything going? Hey Fred, nice to finally meet you. Um,
1: everything's great. Thank you for having me. And I, that was cute, what you just said. This little <laughs> film, Marvel film, <laughs> the Eternals.
0: Pretty incredible. There's so much to talk about. We got a lot of questions. But I think one of the main questions on every fan's mind is, how did you get involved with such a big film? Well, you know,
1: I'm a professional actor. I've been acting since professionally since uh, 2005. And I auditioned for uh, The Eternals. I believe I did because they give you dummy sides. Cause you know, Marvel, is everything's like hush hush. So I auditioned with the dummy sides and I know I auditioned for one of the Eternals, but I don't think they were, my, I killed the audition by the way. And uh, nine months after that audition, I hear from my agents that Marvel is offering me the part that I ended up playing. So, which became clear to me that they were not ready to cast a full-blooded Arab as an Eternal. And um, it was this moment where I was like disappointed because I kind of really wanted to be one of the Eternals. But then also it was an opportunity to get to humanize a queer family for the first time in history in a Marvel film, where first time in history, there's an openly gay uh, Marvel superhero. And so for me, that was important also like equally important. And it was an opportunity for me to do that. And uh, I said, yes. And um, it was, uh, I have to say, it was a little bit strange because I never read the screenplay. They never gave me the script. So they only gave me like just my scenes. I didn't know anything else. It was a very crazy experience. Although I have to say though, them casting Salma Hayat was brilliant. You know, I actually didn't even know That she was proud of her Lebanese heritage until after I shot the movie. And the reason is because a lot of Arabs criticize her, which I think is really unfair. They, you know, saying that she's not owning her Arab side and whatnot, which is not the truth at all.
0: You were also playing an Arab character. You are, of course, Arab. You are Muslim. Uh, You did have a line talking about what your mother always told you. We've (laughs) talked off the air about how Arab men and their mothers are are super close. (laughs) And and the other cool thing, too, just in general with the Eternals, that I didn't know going into the film that I recently watched was that it has so much Middle Eastern flavor. Did you realize kind of the the, the scope of what you were doing and the the barriers you were potentially breaking during the filming? Yes and no. I
1: it was enough for me to see that marvel is actually gonna like have a queer family in a marvel film represent humanity and especially like a gay kiss i mean that's a huge deal i mean talk about you should like see what people would say to me about that like you know marvel fans that would be outraged like you're ruining marvel for us i'm like it's to me, I mean, that stuff doesn't mean anything, but anyway, it was just like explaining to you how, how it all worked out in a way, because I only knew that I would be playing uh, the husband of the first openly gay superhero and we have a son. So that to me was enough reason for me to be super excited that I get a chance to humanize a queer family globally and just, just saw how beautiful queer families are. Uh, uh the truth of that actually but i did not know that i although i didn't know that the eternals were very diverse the most diverse cast in any marvel film <laughs> you know you have different eternals from different ethnicities you have like asian uh south, A- south asian Indian. you have um uh, like, well, Selma would be Spanish, Mexican, or you know, with the Lebanese, but you I had a, you had a def- black
0: character, you also had a black character, you had a deaf character. I mean, it's yeah, incredible. I,
1: well, I, well, I, yeah, I was gonna get to that, but then not just that, of course, the black character was my husband, Fastus. So that's a big deal that also they had the gay eternal be I'm sorry, the black eternal be gay because we all know in the black community being gay is really, really, um unaccepted and it's um, it's really, really tough, especially for gay Black men. Uh, imagine like uh, uh, athletes who are gay and Black and then them coming out speaking their truth. That's a big deal and it's very controversial. So Eternals did that and a death eternal. That to me, all of that was beyond exciting because I was so moved by that effort that uh, Marvel was trying to do, which is Marvel was just simply trying to show the truth of humanity. This is the world that we live in. (laughs) These all people, they exist. People with disabilities, people of color, Arabs, queer people. I mean, that is our world. And so
0: finally, finally,
1: like this is happening. I mean, it's about time really to ask me,
0: Agreed, and that's what I loved about it. I mean, most diverse cast in Marvel history. And hey, kudos to, to Disney for the casting. You get a lot, you always get a lot of these corporations, right? Whether it be in Hollywood or just in general, that give you a lot of lip service, like, oh, we're diverse, or oh, you know, we support gay people, right. or this and that, but they only support like one part of that community or whatnot. Or it's like, you know, hey, we have a all female cast and it's like all white, white women. And this is I mean, right. super, super diverse, and they really put their money where their mouth is. And what I really yeah. liked, and Angelina Jolie talked about this is that they were willing to risk not having the movie be played in certain countries as well. And and despite that, the movie's critically acclaimed, uh, done very well. I mean, how happy are you to see a major studio like this kind of stick by this film and say, you know what? Okay. You don't like the gay scenes in there. Well,
1: I mean, well, I mean, that's uh, well, okay, here we go. I'm very honest. So I don't want to get myself in trouble, but um, I still stand by what I said that I'm proud of Disney, of course, but, It's also show business. So what I mean by that is even though they did ban it in Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Oman, Kuwait, I think, but in Emirates and Lebanon, the kissing scene was cut. Mm. So that means what? It means not fully did Disney commit to what Mm. it promised. But you know what, I don't like, I, I really actually still am proud of Disney because it is show business and they were trying to play that game to 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 sort of like make the world see what they stand for. And they made that statement in that way. And everyone who reaches out to me and says, oh, but they cut out the kissing scene. I'm like, I posted it on my Instagram. Go watch it or I'll, mm-hmm. I send it to them. Or I say it, when it's going to be streaming or on DVD. You can watch it. So to me, I, I don't, it d- doesn't bother me that much because, because of that. The fact that everyone will be able to see it at some point once the movie is on DVD or like uh, starts to get to be streamed. Um, so I would say it didn't diminish the impact that we are all talking about right now. Um, I mean, I've ha- been having people like, look, like the Arabic thing, I... I was, um, that line that I spoke in Arabic, it was my idea. And I spoke it in Lebanese, obviously, because I'm Lebanese. And I wanted to like sound like as if I'm talking to, you know, like a family member or, you know, and actually I stole it from my brother, my oldest brother. He got remarried to his soulmate who happens to be Russian. And they're just like really in love, soulmates. He learned Russian like in a month for her. (laughs) He started to speak Russian. So I was like, you know what? fastest my husband he's my soulmate he learned arabic in a week in a month who cares so basically that's where it came from because i really wanted to humanize queer families and just show how charming they can be and and make it as, as believable and and personable and as realistic as possible and then um i have to say we we have to give credit to the one and only chloe's out I think Chloe Zhao, being that she was uh, the director and I believe a writer in, in this film, is why The Eternals is the way it is and is why I was able to go up to her and tell her, hey, can I speak to him in Arabic? And can I mention my mom? Because in the Arab culture, it doesn't matter if you're queer or not. There is something really unique between a mother and her son, the relationship between a mother and her son is really special in the Arab culture. And so this is also came from that to show the truth of my beautiful Arab culture and Lebanese culture. And to say that line, that they, they basically said, okay, so we're going to write it for you in English and then you can translate it and say that we say it in Lebanese because that's how it works with marbles. And I was like, great, wonderful. And I did it. And I actually honestly didn't think that they're going to actually use it. So when I was at the premiere watching it, I, like I was so shocked and then I got embarrassed because it was funny the way I said it. It was almost like, uh, you know, it just reminded me of my friends, you know, and like when we would talk to each other and how sometimes we can sound a little ghetto and whatnot. And um, and then I started to cry. So guess what? After the movie was released. Lebanese people in the movie theater sending the clips of the whole audience, making like, like, like they're like <laughs> cheering, like feeling like they felt so proud to feel represented. I, I, that moved me so much because all of a sudden it was no longer about me playing a queer character. It was about like, having my people feel proud or having, like, I made them feel proud. I mean, that to me, I never thought I would be in this position. And that meant the world to me, honestly. It actually almost, like, sometimes moved me to tears because it was such a shock and how much it meant to them. Not just to Lebanese people, uh, to a lot of Arabs, and not just for queer people. Actually, most of the Arabs that have been reaching out to me are not queer, who have been really moved by it. It's almost like they, the 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 fact that Ben is queer. Doesn't even matter anymore to them. It's it's just that moment. Isn't that crazy? Like how powerful movies are and film
0: it, is. It, it's incredible, I mean, man. And, and hey, uh, full disclosure: I'm one of those uh, heterosexual people that reached out to you that was like, <laughs> man, like I went, I went, I told you the story. I went to the theater the other day right, to, watch, right. to watch Eternals. We didn't know anything about you know the Middle Eastern influence uh, going in. It was awesome. We were the only ones in the theaters. So it was close. Ca- it was a closed captioned version, and your scene came on. And we mentioned uh, you know that story about w- what your mother always told you. Like we had the same reaction. We're like hell yeah, like yeah. I Habibi, yalla. You know, it was it just it was it was great. Really, you really should be proud of yourself. Uh, you know, c- kudos to everybody involved. Just a lovely film, a beautiful scene and an amazing form of representation. I'm not just saying that cuz you're you're with me right here like straight up man. Like I I can speak for all Lebanese all Arabs man. That was that was awesome. Respect to you for that.
1: Oh, thank you my man and I and like thanks to Chloe, you know? Like mm-hmm. she she is someone who she's a magnificent artist and she's so inclusive and she gets it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like to her like the fact that she uh, valued my choice and wanted to fight for it and not just that like even the kiss when uh we were filming the kiss she was like okay haas brian kiss for just two beats and then haas put your hand on brian and tell him now go save the world and protect our son she's like i don't want to give disney nor marvel a chance to cut the kissing scene out. Wow.
0: so and and she
1: succeeded at that because it's still in it yeah
0: Powerful, man. Now, of course, everybody really knows you now for Eternals, but your journey has been going on for a while. So let's take it all the way back to when you grew up in Lebanon. How did this journey start for you in the acting world?
1: Well, I was born and raised in the UAE, and then I moved to Lebanon when I was 10. And I grew up in Lebanon until I was 21. Basically, growing up in Lebanon is really what shaped me. Um, And I always wanted to be a recording artist. Music was everything to me. It was my life and um yeah yeah i know cliche i'm one of madonna's biggest fan so i was basically thinking maybe i'll follow in her footsteps so i literally at age 21 moved to michigan where she's from because also my aunt lives there and then i moved to manhattan where madonna went and uh but it didn't end up the way it ended up with her. And I think I was it was 9-11 that did it for me. When 9-11 happened, my music had like, I was literally trying to be like a male Arab Missy Elliott, even though I do not even rap. <laughs> um, but what I mean by that is like, you know, Timbaland and Missy and Aaliyah, they they always incorporated miss, Middle Eastern music and their yeah. beats. And I loved that. So this, that was the direction I was going in. And then no one wanted to touch my music after 9-11 he's like who's gonna listen to this you know like all of a mm-hmm. sudden being arab became like the worst thing imaginable and that's when i basically uh realized that that's it it's not gonna be the singing and i took an acting class at lau lebanese american university uh, when i was like 20 uh, just out of curiosity and so i was always curious about it and that's when i decided to get into acting i shot a couple of films in New York. And then I got an agent in L.A. before moving to L.A. Moved to L.A. in 2004 and um, hustled until I became a professional actor, taking classes and all of that stuff. Mm. And actually, as a matter of fact, my first studio film was American Dreams, written by and directed by the amazing Paul Weitz. Mm. Um, and funny enough, fast forward, just a couple of months ago, he wrote me a personal note. Asking me if I would consider playing a role opposite Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, which I already did shoot it like wow. this week. Yeah.
0: Props to you, man. That's awesome.
1: Well, I mean, thank you. And it's to me, it meant the world to me because his note was basically so moving. Uh, the fact that he would say he's so proud of me of the work that I've been putting out there in the world as an artist throughout my career. and then for, And that made him want to reach out and work with me again. Um, so for me, that was really, 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 really special. Um, but I have to say, though, the visitor is when I realized that acting is my calling. So like, you know, I, I was acting, I was doing my thing. and But I was not like I didn't know that that is exactly what I wanted to do in my life. Mm-hmm. And then the visitor came and I, you know, did my thing and uh, we were doing the whole uh, film festival circuit. And we were, like at one festival, we were doing a Q&A and then we were like leaving. And then this lady chased me down. She's like, hey, hey, Haas, please. Uh, and then I just stopped, I was like, hi. She's like, thank you. And she's an, she's an American, white lady. Um, and she looked at me, she's like, thank you so much for your portrayal in The Visitor. I will never look at Adnan the same way again. And so, so when she said that to me, I was like, what? it shocked me because I did not understand the power of film and storytelling. That in, 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 in this medium, you can change people's minds. You can actually uh, help people become better. You can actually make it, people connect with their higher self, um, connect with maybe their empathy or actually expose them to a truth that they probably didn't know. Like that lady, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. she's never like, she never thought of Arab men as human. There were always like this evil, like, you know, thing, you know, and the, you know, my character was, you know, written so beautifully by Tom, but my goal and the visitor was this. I was like, I'm going to show the world what a loving culture the Arab culture is, like how hospitable we are, just so generous, sometimes too much, you know, like if you ever come to my mom's house, you'll leave and your belly will be like about to blow up, you know, and and then you don't have a choice, but it's like, I like that. I I think that's really beautiful part of our culture that a lot of people across the the globe don't know much about because what overshadows it is the other stuff, you know, the bad stuff that sells, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So for me, the visitor is when it started happening to me. And um, I have to say, I wish I came out earlier than the, 2017 when i did that because prior to my coming out i have to say sadly i never really enjoyed acting uh, mm-hmm. i i actually started to truly enjoy being an actor after i came out in, uh, in 2017 and um, but you know thank god that even though i still did good work like I, i'm still proud of all the work that i've done prior to me coming out but i didn't enjoy it like for instance nurse jackie Um, working with Edie Falco. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, also like The visit of Richard Jenkins. I mean, that was probably the best thing for me as an actor to work with those greats or like Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin. Mm -hmm. Um, So working with Edie Falco and Nurse Jackie, I I did what, it's one of my best performances in that show in that season. But guess what? I was actually so miserable because I was constantly doing this. I was like, okay, don't talk about this. Don't say that because if you do that, then they're going to find out that I'm getting yeah, you know, it's just like really exhausting um and you know like self-betrayal man I, I lived a, uh, my journey in life has been a journey of self-betrayal and now since 2017 I'm finally respecting myself and um even challenging my family and my community you know not giving them a choice but to accept me and respect me because Here's the thing, what I learned is the most important thing is to respect yourself. Because if you don't respect yourself, how how, how are you gonna expect anyone else to respect you? Yeah. Now, but this is the bad part though. Even though I came out and I did all of that, I usually tend to play leading male, male roles because I'm not a character actor. So I tend to get the parts that men wanna be and women wanna sleep with. Mm-hmm. But ever since my coming out, that's not been coming my way anymore. So um, there's still a lot of work to be done about this. You know, like, I'll put it this way. It's really cool for a straight actor to play a gay character. Oh, but it's, ooh, no, it's not a good thing for a gay actor to play straight. So, and that to me is sexism, simply. You know, It's cool for a woman to dress up in men's clothes, but not cool for a man to dress up in women's clothes that's humiliating why because we still are living in a patriarchal world essentially that's slowly changing but that's part of it and yeah. xenophobia xenophobia and patriarchy
0: yeah i mean i i agree i agree i mean there's a lot of people also brought up too you know like why can't we have you know more and, and it's great that the eternals has done this but it's like a lot of people have been asking like why can't we have like more minority superheroes in general right there's a million white superheroes so it's like it's similar. Like, well, there, there's definitely a lot of work to do, but you've done a lot of amazing, positive work. If you don't mind me asking, uh, what, do you do, what made you finally come out in 2017, as opposed to, say, uh, 2007? And what was kind of the reaction from your family and, and the Arab community?
1: 2007 was when I the visitor was out. So whew, that would have been the... <laughs> absolutely never I would never be able to, to impossible like honestly thought never thought I would tell my mom and I guess what I didn't tell her. my aunt told oh, me. No. <laughs> so because my aunt like she's my mom's best friend and as my mom is my everything so and because my aunt is my mom's best friend so she is my favorite aunt and I trust her and she also like has a son that she was like oh, he might be gay so she was sneaky and kind of sort of tricked me into telling her. And then she went and told my mom behind my back and my mom knew I was gay for eight months without me knowing about it. Uh, But to answer your question, um, when I did Nurse Jackie, uh, the advocate uh, wanted to do an interview with me because uh, that was also history in the making, me playing, portraying Momo de la Cruz, because that was the first openly gay, muslim character in the history of american tv so it was a big deal so there was a lot of interest in it and you know the way i was portraying it like i just as an artist i'm a truth teller and i always like want my characters to come across genuine um and you know that caught more attention because people were just like in love with my character and they wanted to know, is he gay, is he straight? So then I told Showtime, fine, I'll do the interview with the advocate, but please no personal questions. Well, guess what? After half an hour with this guy on the interview, like on the phone, he then says, oh, one more one more question. Are you gay or straight? Dude, like I almost thought I was gonna die. My body started to shake and I just said straight. And then we hung up. And um, basically after that, that, kept eating me up on the inside for years and years and years, because not only did I betray myself, I, 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 I literally just not only jeopardized my integrity as an artist, I, I, I lost it. I, 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 you know, to me that is the most important thing, my integrity as an artist. So for like year after year, it was eating me up and I, was getting angrier and angrier. And um, also like it affected my life in every way, not just professionally, but personally. So it was really just year after year, accumulation of of just this betrayal and anger at myself to the point where one time in 2017, uh, there was a report that uh, um, more LGBTQ people have been murdered that year half of 2000 than the entire year of 2016, and mostly uh, trans women of color. So that combined with my self-betrayal journey, I, like I exploded. It was like a volcano. I couldn't control myself. I literally grabbed my phone and just said it as however I wanted to say it. Actually, I, I received a backlash from the way I came out. <laughs> so, because I, I, how can I say it? <laughs> I share too much information. I'm not, I'm very private. I'm a very shy person. But when I want to make a point, I make it. Uh, I'm a bottom. I don't know if you know about that world in the the gay men world, like top bottom. My mom's version of it is like, "Uh, so are you the woman or the man in the relationship? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, mom, not going to go there right now. Uh, But uh, I shared that I was a bottom because of, again, sexism. I'm making a point like as soon as a guy has a quality that is associated to women, then that is shameful. You are to be shamed about it. There is something we call bottom shaming, believe it or not. Wow. So yeah, yeah. But bottom shaming, meaning like they're looked down on. But if you're the top, oh, you're the guy. And once I actually, uh, one of my exes uh, was very effeminate, very effeminate. You would think he's a bottom. Well, I was the bottom, and everybody thinks I'm a top. And so I would walk around like, "Yeah, I'm a top," like you know, like jokingly. And I was like, "What am I thinking? What I'm doing? Exactly what's being done to me?" Which which I thought was really funny, and it was really uh, also profound to 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 see that I kind of was falling in that trap of feeling like less than because I was a bottom. And so when I came out, it was about this. It was about I have a right to defend myself. So I came out and I wanted to include that report in the coming out, in my coming out. And um, I basically said, shared all that information. And then I said, not only am I bottom, I'm also a total bottom, which means I like it up you know where. And and just because I'm gay and I'm a nice guy, don't get it twisted. If you're gonna come and kill me just because I'm gay, I will you up. And so it was this point where I was like making that, you know, people assume, oh, you're a bottom or if you have any quality that is female or like, like, like associated to women, that you're like basically not only your joke, literally anybody can bully you. Anybody can do whatever they want with you. And I was like, no, 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 no. It does not work that way. And I'm a big feminist, by the way. So so for me, it was also <clears throat> coming from that side as well. Like, you know, fighting against sexism and making a point that I have a right to defend uh, myself. I was just sick and tired of hearing these reports and no one is saying anything about it. It's like, to me, it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, I don't get why people are not angry about this. So it was really like all of these things and... I have to say, like even my mom, like when I came out, that video was all over the place, and so my mom's like, "Did you have to do that?" I'm like, "Yeah, mom." She's like, "Okay, I know you were respecting yourself." I'm like, "Yeah, exactly," because <laughs> I actually had to teach my mom who I was, who I am as a man, you know, like teach her what I'm going through and make her understand what I'm doing as an artist, you know, like I, I tell her like I I'm an actor because I want to give my love to the world. I wanna remind people that they're not alone. I wanna like remind them of their beauty. I wanna remind them of how significant they are and of what they're capable of. And, you know, so when I, that was important for me to explain to my mom so she could understand what kind of an artist I am so that whenever I'm portraying a gay character or something that's controversial, she's not any more misunderstanding whatever it is that she sees I'm doing, you know, I, I, and then my mom is a very loving charitable, charitable person as my dad was. May he rest in peace. So in a way it's really, I just take it from them. Like I actually inherited that quality from them. Like today I was talking to my mom. She's literally gathering tons of clothes to give it to the needy, like in Lebanon.
0: That's power. That's powerful stuff, man. It's, it's, it's it's amazing. The the, the journey you had and and everything. And I I love the fact that your mom, has been you know so supportive as well and uh it, it's the, kind of the beauty in maturing and aging right like you yeah. get to a point where you want to live your truth you give you give no more <laughs> at the end of the day like you are who you are and i can see just just how happy you are and and really it resonates with so many people so many people especially in the of community and, and in other regions where maybe they don't feel like they could be themselves can relate to that i mean how, i would imagine that the, the the support you received but also the people that relate to you has been just insane right
1: Oh, man, dude, I I mean, I don't want to cry, so I'm going to make sure I don't. Um, Like, some of the, all over the world. I mean, Marvel, Disney, I mean, you can't get bigger than that. So that's also what's so wonderful about this, right? Like, this is why you and I are talking right now. And, uh, like, to me, getting messages across the globe, not just from Arab, queer Arab people, but queer people from all over, like Indonesia, like in Pakistan, uh, I mean, you name it, everywhere. One one person uh, reached out to me and literally described to me how he was gonna kill himself. And he was literally standing over a bridge. Hmm. (sighs) Okay, Okay. anyway, so, and so he's like sharing with me all of that because It's exactly what you're talking about. Like there are a lot of people suffering and isolated and alone in this. And so uh, the fact that this film and this part is now giving them hope somehow, and some of them are reaching out to me. And like this guy that shared that with me, I actually at one point in my life was suicidal. And so I told him this, I said, listen buddy, no, you're not gonna kill yourself because you matter, you're important, you're worthy. You have every right to exist. Why? Right? Because God created you. You don't need nobody else to give you that permission, not even your parents. And I said to him, let's make it back. If I don't kill myself, you don't kill yourself. And so now we're like in constant communication and I'm you know, giving him ideas of how he can like leave his country so he can actually really finally thrive and be free because he's suffocating. And dude, this is just one story. There's so many stories like that. And so for me, yes, that just that on its own is, to me, I consider it, it's a, it was a blessing that this part came to me, you know, this part in the Marvel film in the journals, you know, to get to portray, it. because also I have to say something, man, like, I really think Marvel, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Chloe Zhao is the one who asked for me, because she's friends with uh, another director that I actually was in his film, Joey Kuhn. And she even told me, please say hi to Joey for me." But I think they were smart to cast me because they knew that I would be the right one to humanize a character like that. Because you have to think, think about it. Like, I didn't have that much to work with. Like, I've done movies where I was the lead. That's actually easier because you have a journey. But when you have just a few scenes and you need to really, like, make an impact. But I was determined. And thank God I was able to do that.
0: God bless you, man. That, that's that's incredible. And I, and I should also note too, and remind people, you're not just Lebanese; you are Lebanese Muslim. And I feel like a lot of times, with it doesn't matter the religion, we see it in the states, you know, the people use religion as an excuse to discriminate against people. And the reality is, like, that's not what religion's all about. So I love the fact that you're also representing the gigantic worldwide Muslim community in a positive light too, because you know a lot of people do like to use the religion thing as an excuse to discriminate. When the reality, like, nah, it ain't about that.
1: Well, and let's not forget who's interpreting religion Mm -hmm. god no humans they're not gods none none of us are god and so this is also another thing about religion that turns me off is like when people speak as if they think they're speaking on god's behalf even though they're actually just interpreting it for their own benefit i also i don't know if you've heard of the film breaking fast but uh, it was released this year. It's a feature film, written and directed by my friend, Mike Mselem, who is also an openly gay, practicing Muslim, and he cast me to play the lead in it. And uh, I play in the film, an openly gay, practicing Muslim, who goes to the mosque and prays, literally, I'm t- that has never been done before, mm-hmm. this kind of film. Uh, it was a huge deal. I'm so proud of it. It's a rom-com. Uh, so thank God that it's a rom-com because otherwise it could be too heavy. Uh, but that that film, like I'll never forget, Mike was like, you know, like, let's get ready for the death threats. I was like, what? And uh, it shocked me because they said that to me when I was about to portray uh, my character, Nurse Jackie. Well, that was in 2009. So, okay, but now, but that's because it's never been told or seen or shown uh, an openly gay practicing Muslim meaning he my character in this film is so devout. the film takes it's called Breaking Fast. It takes place in the holy month of Ramadan. We're talking about a queer romantic comedy that takes place in the months of Ramadan. I mean <laughs> dude, like some people be like, how dare you ruin Ramadan for us? I'm like, uh, what? Yeah. I'm Muslim. What do you mean? It was really insane to me how people can be so heartless and so not in touch with empathy and compassion and forget that, oh, guess what? I was also created by God, the same God as yours. Uh, And so, but this is what I love about films and and, and me being an actor. Uh, I'm gonna quote uh, James Baldwin. Artists are here to disturb the peace, so That's why I'm so happy that I'm in the eternals because I'm disturbing the peace in a way, you know, like with the ban in Saudi Arabia and all of that and breaking fast similarly as well, Uh, you know, to make people uncomfortable, to force them to look at at the truth of humanity. This this is the truth of the world that we live in. You can deny it all you want. You can be, in, you know, but that's to me, that's exactly why artists need to disturb the peace because that's the only way. It can actually make a change, you know, like I think art is really such a powerful thing. And um, I'm just really happy to see that finally, like big studios like Marvel and Disney are starting to be an example, hopefully, for, you know, the industry, hopefully. And that becomes more and more the thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I interviewed a recently an actor named uh, Hallows, and he said he said something really powerful to me. He's like, art's doing you a favor. And you look at what you, you did with the Eternals and what Marvel's doing with Eternals, and then of course I don't know if you're familiar with Ms. Marvel. That's a series that's come out on Disney Plus, which is uh, going to be the first Muslim superhero. Oh, and, yeah.
1: I actually
0: have not. Okay, yeah, it's the first uh, the first Muslim uh, superhero. I believe uh, the young woman plays a, a Pakistan. I believe a Pakistani Muslim woman. She's portrayed also in the video game uh, Marvel's uh, Avengers on PS4. And and, and I'll have on to the watch it. Yeah, which is pretty Thanks cool. Thank you for
1: telling me. That's exciting.
0: For sure. And then also, and then also, I mean, I mean, Hulu, you know, has Rami, which is like totally you know, very relatable for me too. Growing up in North Jersey and, and to an Arab family. And, well, yeah, exactly.
1: With you, because you also, I mean, wait, were you born? No, you were born
0: in Venezuela? Bo- no, 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 I was born in New Jersey. My family was both, my mom and dad were oh. born in Venezuela, two Lebanese, uh, lebanese Druze parents. My dad grew up in, in Shweifet, which right. I, I know you mentioned off the air, you said you you, you went to school there for, for a bit. So. Yeah. Right, yeah right. it's just it's
1: and my I, soulmate is, it's, it's, she's the disease well.
0: yeah there you go so it's just, just amazing i mean obviously there hollywood sells a long way to go the world stars a long way to go but it is amazing to see middle eastern arab culture muslim culture uh being you know exposed to a wide audience like this
1: yeah oh totally i mean it's about time man i mean uh, let's not forget about black community the black yeah. people like black panther and and finally like them winning oscars and whatnot like it was ridiculous that the first black act, well no, the first, well, in the more recent years, like that, it was Halle Berry. It was such a big deal that she got the Oscar. You know, to me, it's that's so, it's so ridiculous. It's like long, it's, it's yeah. long overdue,
0: man. It's like they're playing yeah. catch-ups totally.
1: Yeah, and then also with women, like women directors, like Catherine uh I forgot, uh, she was the first one, and then Chloe Zhao finally wins her best director, you know the progress is happening. Evolution is happening, but I have to say, it's still shocks me though, because, you know, like, if you look at it, like most of the most beloved celebrities and athletes are black, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy to me, uh, you know, how even that's the case yet the systemic racism and this sort of unfair way of how they want to make sure certain communities stay down and not thrive you know but hopefully hopefully that will also change but man like look the history of this country we both know it's you know it's it's a violent history and uh, it, it it is going to take time but I think for me mo- most importantly is Hollywood. Uh, for instance, think about that. Friends, Friends, the, one of the most iconic TV series. Why were they all white? I, I mean, like, so that to me is what I have issue with. But then she made up for it in Grace and Frankie, because I knew there was like black characters and whatnot and queer and the whole thing. You know, you know, Grace and Frankie. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. she was also the creator of that show, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't know until recently. Uh, so to me, I, I feel like what shocks me is how slow Hollywood has been to be that for the world. and and it's not really there yet either. because I, as an openly gay Arab Muslim actor, I play leading male roles. i'm I'm not getting them. I'm not getting work because of that. Mm-hmm. And not just me. I think, look, I'm not going to out some actors, but there are some A-list actors in Marvel films, I'm not going to say who, who are gay, but they're in the closet, which means what? Would they have been cast if they were openly gay in those superhero roles? I don't think they would have. That's why they're still in the closet. So to me, all of that is very ignorant and like backward thinking and, and confusing to me because I think art should be, Progress Should be the um, sort of um, the symbol of progress, should be how we see our future to become better people, better human beings, see a more hopeful future, uh, make humanity, connect humanity more with each other. And like by just literally by either exposing people to the truth, look how lies are being spread so easily in this country. It's crazy to me. You know, like smart people wanting Trump and following Trump and they are smart. And I'm like, yeah, so we're in a very dangerous time. And I think art can save us as long as art is truthful and is, is trying to show the truth of humanity, which I think the Eternals is an example of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said, man. And, and one more note on this before we, we get to a bit of a letter a topic at hand. You know, I, I strongly suggest people should check out Ian Dunlap's study on the cost of racism. Just, I don't remember the exact number, but the cost of racism in the U.S. economy has cost the country trillions of dollars over the last several decades. So it's like, if you're talking specifically about Hollywood, never mind the human aspect of it, like, hey, we, we all deserve representation, right? Just the fact that economically, it makes zero sense not to feature people of all backgrounds in these various projects and everything. So inshallah, as we would say, um, that all changes um, very soon. Um on
1: wow, a much- yeah, I, I, I mean, like that number, like it's like,
0: damn, wow. Yeah, crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: On, on a much lighter note, we always like to ask our guests some kind of random rapid fire questions just to get to know them better. Are you ready, my friend? Go ahead. Favorite late night snack or cheat meal?
1: Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, favorite late nights
0: oh i have so many
1: oh okay got okay. uh, ice cream uh with uh, almond butter no, Any kind? brown brown almond butter
0: mm. any kind of ice cream uh
1: belgium chocolate uh brown butter almond <laughs> i forgot the i forgot the name of the company that makes it but basically it's brown butter with almonds
0: and belgium chocolate mm. <laughs> it's so good Speaking of food, I'm going to get you more hungry here. What's your favorite Lebanese dish? Ooh, well,
1: you know, because I love animals, I'm not going to say kibbeh. Um, mm, I
0: love but, it. But but only by my mom. My mom's mluchi. Yeah, <laughs> and for people that are and for people that aren't familiar with mulchir, can you can you explain a little? Oh, them? oh, sorry.
1: Yes, of course. So mluchi is is I mean. I, I would say it's, it's actually originally Egyptian. Yeah. yeah. The Egyptian version of it, it's really a stew, a dish, a stew dish for, with a greeny, with a leafy green that uh, the Egyptian version, they chop it up really finely. And it's usually done made with uh, rabbit uh, and on the side with rice, but in Lebanon, <laughs> because we always love to do it our way. Well, my mom also does it her way. Uh, she makes it with the full leaf, like she never chops it and it gets mucusy. So my mom is like so masterful that she, it never gets mucusy. And then she puts chicken and beef mm-hmm. <laughs> in them. And it, essentially it's like this leafy green stew, um, with chicken and, and beef and then on the side rice. But of course, tons of the liye, which is like the fat from the animals, because that's what t- makes it taste really
0: good and rich. What's your favorite spot in Lebanon? I love Lebanon. My God. Okay, Okay, we'll split split it into two. What's your favorite? Because, you know, Beirut, it's like its own country sometimes. What's your favorite spot in Beirut? And what's your favorite spot just in in Lebanon in general?
1: I mean, sadly, I have to say that is where, you know, we're famous for. Yeah,
0: the cedars. The
1: cedar cedar tree. And I recently revisited it with my uh, British friend who is half Chinese, half Zimbabwean. So she's half black, half Asian. And she came to Lebanon and visited me. And I took her all over. And oh no, but you know what? There was this beautiful village in Lebanon that my dad took me to and Tanurin. My God, man. Like, no, that's not fair. Lebanon has so
0: much beautiful char Biblus, Shbel, come on. It's endless, baby. biblos is the is the oldest inhabited city in the in the world. I, when I went yeah. there, man. Like I kid you not. When I saw that view with the sunset, I got an auto body experience. It was crazy. Did you go just...
1: to their, oh, the bazaar, the old market as well? It's yeah, so yeah.
0: beautiful. Oh my oh, God. My gosh, yeah.
1: Man. So, you know, I can't tell you just one thing. People like all of them. And then, okay, Beirut. Uh, I mean, I love Hamra, for instance. Hamra for, Street's for, awesome. Yeah. Hamra, like for me, kind of like feels like that's our little Manhattan,
0: you know, <laughs> in a
1: way. Uh, um, I love, you know, I love uh, the south of Lebanon is beautiful. You know, the beaches mm-hmm. are gorgeous there and in Biblis as well the beaches are gorgeous. I'm not answering you the right way.
0: Um do you have a favorite cl- do you do you like to party at all? Do you have like a favorite like hot bar or club like there? Uh you know, I like clubs like
1: Baite din you know, yeah. stuff like like even like Madame uh, Maladra in Junior. you know, mm-hmm. like Harissa, mm-hmm. like uh Sorry. A uh, partying um yeah, man, I'm Lebanese. Come on, bro. <laughs> like we're famous for that. Like that's but honestly, I'm getting, I'm starting to get too old for it, you know, because I can't yeah. keep up. Because they party. Oh God, yeah. I mean, what was that club? God, I, the one with the roof that opens.
0: <laughs> oh, is it? Is it Bo18? Yes, Bo18. Yeah, okay. We, I went there a couple years ago. It used to be like an army base, right? Like for right, the missiles or whatever it was, and then really because that's I, why they open up. Yeah, because that's why I think it's underground. They open up the roof. That's what I heard. Like apparently, it used to be an old like military base where he kept the missiles. Oh,
1: I wouldn't be surprised. That sounds very (laughs) Lebanese. But, bro, when I went to that club and that roof opened, I I was just like, what? I was blown. I was like, America wishes they have
0: something (laughs) like that. Oh, yeah.
1: And and also, uh, the other thing that I love about clubbing or partying in Lebanon, man, that's my favorite part. It's like, they're playing, like, you know, a Western song, and then all of a sudden, like, Unconsume comes on, or like, Arabic songs, and everybody starts to badly dance, and, and everyone is jumping on the tables, and it's like, I, but, you know, it, that's what you have to do when you're Lebanese, because if you're living your life not knowing if you're going to be alive the next day, or, you know, you're being run by the freaking mafia, you know, I'm not going to name names, you, you want to, like, be happy. You want to, like, try to, like, escape all of that misery. And so it makes sense to me, you know, and, and they really know how to party. And even like all, all the, the the new clubs on the rooftops, there's so many of them now. I can't keep up, honestly, with the names and whatnot. But, uh, dude, a lot of people from all over the Arab world, where do they go to Lebanon for? What? Why do they go to Lebanon?
0: To Beirut, yeah.
1: Yeah, they go there exactly for that. Because in their countries, they don't have what we have. I really love our country for that. And that's why it really hurts that the Lebanese people themselves are not getting it. It's like this whole thing about Tawa'if and like, you know, you belong to this. We're all Lebanese. Mm -hmm. And even religion, who cares if you're Dirzi or Muslim or Shia or whatever, you know? I think globally, the West is taking advantage of that. And they love working with dictators or corrupt leaders, and they are taking advantage of that but i really hope one day that the lebanese people just wake up and say yeah we're all lebanese you know
0: yeah i mean i I mean i think you know it's obviously going to take some time but i do feel like you know haram after that horrible explosion i think i think a lot Uh, more people i think a lot more people are waking up now obviously in terms of being able to take action collectively that's like a whole another thing because you're dealing with the, the politics of there and then the international politics that affect us but um, I do, uh, I, you know, I would say that's probably like a wake-up call. Like you're definitely seeing more people kind of speaking up, and yeah, man, all we can do is hope and pray, and and you know, one day in our lifetimes of that that definitely definitely um, happens. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I love Lebanon.
1: But let's go back to the fun. Yeah, so much to do there when you go to Lebanon, man. I always say to people here, uh, are you married? Are you in a relationship? Don't go to Lebanon. <laughs> <laughs> The Lebanese people are beautiful. And so for me, it's like, um, it's dangerous for married people to go there alone without their spouse. Mm
0: -hmm. Who is your all-time favorite actor?
1: That sometimes changes, but right now, uh, Alfie Woodard and Kate Winslet and Sherry Jones. Awesome.
0: Favorite Eternals character besides yourself and your husband?
1: Well, um... I would say Fina and Asia. Uh, Salma's uh, eternal Ajax. Yeah, Ajax. Yeah, I would say Ajax. You know, Ajax is my favorite. Ajax. I, I really, she really moved me. Salma's performance in the film, and I love her. I have so much love for her. She's amazing, and I might end up working with her. I'm. I have a meeting with her, um, um, the head of her production company next mm. week, I believe. So. Pray for me, keep me fingers crossed. Uh Yeah, Ajax, Salma Hayek's Ajax in Eternals is my favorite.
0: Fingers crossed for sure. Uh, who's your all-time favorite superhero? Well,
1: God, I'm going to sound like a cliche right now. I was going to say Superman, the Christopher Reeve hmm. Because that, to me, was probably my... I've seen Star Wars yeah, I've seen Star Wars when I was like six or something, but that's not superhero, right? So we're talking about superheroes. So for me, I think that was my introduction to superheroes and i uh, he was my favorite. He is my favorite superhero. As an actor portraying a superhero, I thought he was beyond brilliant and um, actually in Breaking Fast, (laughs) we talk about him and we even show a clip of him, of me and the guy that I'm basically the love interest that he surprises me because my character is a huge Superman fan. <laughs> and he's also his favorite is Christopher Reeve Superman, like my, like myself. And so that was really fun to actually get to do this film because of that as well. Uh, so yeah, that one, Superman. <laughs> but the reason why I'm saying Christopher Reed because I wouldn't have said that had it not been for him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for, for sure. And and much respect to him, God rest his soul. He did a lot. Yeah. Talk about somebody who broke barriers and did so much positive work for people, helped so many lives. Like, just an amazing... Had a, he had an amazing legacy on-screen, but off-screen, like, God bless him. Just what a, what, a, what a career. Yeah, amen.
1: And also, what a brilliant talent he was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Most awkward moment as an actor?
1: Ooh, oh, I got a good one for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the incredible, the one and only Peter Kosminski, writer, director, British writer, director, Peter Kosminski. Um, It was his, I would call it a masterpiece almost, um, a four part miniseries for Channel 4. And it was literally about the creation of Israel. Um, And I was cast without having to audition. Uh, He was a huge fan of mine. (laughs) <laughs> she's like I'm like what um, and he wanted me to play and portray the love interest of the lead uh, character in his, uh, the miniseries played by the one and only Claire Foy from The Crown mm-hmm. who became huge and won the Golden Globe and whatnot and I'm just like I'm in awe of her she's such a talent but I got to play her love interest in the series and I got to play a, a Christian a Palestinian who was Christian and um, But who used to fight with the Al-Aqsa, like uh, with a group fighting for Palestine, to free Palestine. So he was basically also a freedom fighter, let's say. But then afterwards, he decided to go a different route uh, and meet in the middle with another former Israeli soldier that decided that they want to actually now find a way to really work together. And not against each other. And that was based on real people in, in, in Palestine and Israel. Um, but it was simply that. It was uh, it, it spanned from the creation of Israel in the 40s until the present time, which was like whatever. I don't know, like we shot it I in the after 2010. 2010, sorry, we shot it, 2010. Um, so I was her love interest and um the love relationship started to develop even though initially I was the one who she was like trying to see if I can help her find a family. And uh, she wants to give them a key. The, the, the mini is called the promise. I don't know if you know that, but mm-hmm. the promise is this, it's like the Palestinians call it and what, what that, that the promise is that they're going to keep the keys to the homes that they, that they were, that were taken from them by the Israelis that one day they're going to get their homes back. So that's the promise. And so her character, this is Peter Kosminski. He's incredible. He's Jewish and it's, I don't say it's pro Palestinian. I say it's pro truth. He showed the truth. I mean, the massacres that the Israelis committed against the Palestinians in the forties, it was all in the miniseries. And he got a backlash from the Israelis. And I'll never forget it. He said to me, he's like, yeah, they were asking him, you know, but he's like, Israel is a democracy. I have every right to, to criticize Israel. And he shut him up like that. Wow. They even burnt a lot of the film, actually. I had to go to a Palestinian film, actually, which, wow. you know, I can only do that because of my American passport. And the reason why I did it is because it was showing the truth of what happened which will come across to some people, oh, this is pro-Palestinian. No, it's pro truth. Mm -hmm. And let me get to the good point. I don't know. I have to explain all of that to you because I'm so Mm -hmm. proud of this miniseries and I really want people to watch it, more and more people. Anyone who watches it is blown away by it. And this is the thing, man. I don't know why that kind of show doesn't get more attention. Mm -hmm. Maybe because of the subject matter? Anyway, so here we are. I have like a couple, I had a couple of makeout scenes with Claire. So the first one, um, look, I was not out yet that I'm gay, right? I was in the closet, but I'm I'm a very genuine person. Like I'm genuine, like when I do stuff or say stuff, it almost comes across like I'm a child because I have a big inner child. So my honesty, you know how kids, when they're so honest, they can be so awkward. <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. So here we are. We're, action French kissing cut Peter's like standing next to me and Claire I'm like Claire you're such a good kisser (laughs) (laughs) so Paul like Paul looked at me he's like I'm sorry Peter because I was just worked with Paul White so I'm like Paul Peter Peter was like you don't say such things (laughs) I was like I just wanted to like Crawl up and like in a ball and die in that moment. It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. But then I was like, you know, like I knew my intention, but I was like, dude, what's f- wrong with you? Like they don't know you're gay. Like because I saw, you know, myself. Oh, maybe they'll know that I mean it like in a in a genuine way. It's not like I'm being inappropriate. <laughs> but it's like no, that, that's not what happened. Like it was very awkward and. Thank God Claire Foy is such a professional. I didn't even phase
0: her. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's all. Well, not all, it's an awesome story. So I'm sure it wasn't awesome in the moment, but glad you could go back and, and laugh. Well, what
1: well, you said, the most uh,
0: awkward. Awkward, yeah, awkward okay. yeah. yeah.
1: Pretty. I mean, I have other ones too, but that was pretty awkward for me. Well, because I I like looked like an idiot.
0: And we'll get you out of here on a very positive note. What's the best piece of advice you give anybody for success and living their truth?
1: Ooh, uh, well, you just said it. Living their truths um, and 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 to respect themselves, to 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 really understand their value, to value themselves. They everyone has value, but a lot of us either don't think that way or forget about that somehow. And I'm not talking about just queer people. I'm talking about everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone like can actually fall in that trap of feeling not enough not worthy you know given like where they grow up the parents that they have the culture that they're in Mm -hmm. um you know as you and i know also like religion plays a huge part you know And a lot of religions like no you can't do this you can't do that you can't be human you can't enjoy life you know why are we here what the you know what i mean like so i feel for me the most important thing is to do is to respect yourself Know your value or make sure that you understand your value. And always from that place, from that place, always, 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 never settle for anything. Always give your best. Always challenge yourself to be the best that you can be. And always be curious and learn and grow and get better and better and better because that never ends. Me as an actor, I'm always like, no, I'm not yet where I want to be and I will never get there. Because I will always get better, and I think that applies to everything. And so for me, it's like always pursue your passion, what makes you happy, no matter what it is. But you can only do that if you know who you are, if you know your value. I, like I have to, like for instance, I have to say mention Adele, like the album Thirty that just came out. I, I'm just like blown away by her because she was so honest to share her imperfections. And the fact that she felt guilty that she divorced her husband, the father of her son, even though she was sort of deprived of that in her childhood and she wanted to make sure her son doesn't get deprived of it. But then she decided that, no, I want to actually put myself first and not sacrifice myself for my husband and my child. I want to be happy. I'm not happy. That's what I'm talking about. Respect yourself. Give yourself what you deserve, what you're worthy of. You, we're all worthy of that, and Adele is teaching us that too, beautifully so. And so for me, it's it's about that, and specifically, I guess, for women, let's say, and mothers, they're made to be, they are made to feel guilty whenever they do things that make them happy. They're expected to be selfless, and 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 that's very also common in Arab world. You know, so I'm constantly like having conversations with my mother. I'm sending her songs like, mom, listen to this song. Do you remember the song? Because she forgot what she loves. She forgot who she was because of that, for instance. And I think for me, like the most important thing is what makes you happy? What is your passion? What are your passions about? And why? Do you know? Do you even know these things? Because if you don't know these things, that means you don't know your value or simply you don't value yourself or respect yourself enough. So that's why I keep bringing it back, simplify, respect yourself, give yourself your value, know what you're passionate about, follow your heart unapologetically, and and really, honestly, never, ever, ever make yourself small for no reason whatsoever. Not because of your race, the color of your skin or where you're from, no reason is a good reason to diminish yourself or belittle yourself. That to me is so universal. So in other words, again, no matter what you went through in your life, how people treated you, how you were raised, that is your job to empower yourself and to know your truth and to value yourself and to never ever diminish yourself. And also not to diminish anybody else because also like when you look at others that are different than you, you know, when you look at them in a in a in a in a bad light, that is a reflection of who you are as a person, rather than actually celebrate those who are different from you, and actually see them as, see see the good in them, or see them as significant. See their significance. Let's say, like even like my friend one time told me, he said, "I want you to go and like um, give money to people, just random people on the street." He's a very like uh, spiritual, he's like my guru, like my mentor in that way. And he said, just like put, you know, like for your smile, you can put $5, $10, whatever. And just like walk around. He's like, do not differentiate. Homeless person, a person in a Maserati or in a Rolls Royce, you treat them the same way. Do not feel sorry for a homeless person because that you're actually weakening that person. That person is strong and is significant. So in other words, what I'm saying is what's the most important thing is your relationship with yourself and how you see yourself. And if you have the power to either make yourself big or make yourself small, which one are you going to do? Yourself so big yeah and so basically all i'm saying is everyone is so powerful because they are in control of how they will become who they will become meaning like we are in control in terms of like how we will end up seeing ourselves we are in control in terms of choosing what do we want to tap into which side of ourselves no matter how much we've been victimized so i would say uh be really um uh, really, 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 really um, care about knowing who you are and, and making sure that you know that you, you have value. Because in life, if you want to succeed, you're asking me of success. The most important thing is this, just one thing. Are you going to add value or not? Because that's my job. And any production that I get hired, I add value and I know that I do. And I know that I always elevate anything, any production that I'm a part of. And I say it proudly. But that took time for me to get there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think everyone has to add value to earn money. This is how you earn money. You add value, you get back what you added. You added value, then that's how it is. Give, take, give, take. But then to add value and you don't think you have value, that's kind of like the craziest thing. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. almost like it's in, almost impossible, but I actually did that before coming out. I was not giving myself value, but I was still able to do it. You know what? Because I had so much empathy and compassion, but I was miserable. What is more important that I'm like doing it miserably? No, hell no. No, no, no. So this is like me coming out was one of the best things that I could do. I am suffering Financially, because of it, I'm getting less opportunities. I'm paying a price, but you know what? I'd rather that than be miserable. And you know, I, like I think for me, uh, uh, I'm actually trying also because of that, the value thing. So now I'm actually trying to produce. I'm working with these two buddies of mine to produce this big show, epic show, say Game of Thrones meets Spartacus uh, under the umbrella of Black Panther. So written by Arabs for the world. Um, and also, like, I have this other screenplay written by Richard Friedenberg, uh, which I will be starring in, and I'm going to try to get Shireen Davis, who is an incredible Palestinian-American uh, filmmaker, writer, director, and actor, and make that happen. So it's like now I'm, like, trying to take things in my own hands and create opportunities for myself. It's like, okay, so you're not going to give me the opportunity? All right, I'm going to do it myself. You know, as an example, in terms of how that ends up, translating and and someone's life or journey in their career when you actually start to finally know who you are know your value and unapologetically occupy like own the space that you occupy unapologetically always like i whenever i'm on set man i'm on set i'm like a king like i walk on set i'm like this is my this is my space this is my world and you know what people end up treating me, how they're treating me, like no matter how small my part, obviously if I'm number one, which I've done many of those, they always treat you like a king. But even when it's small, everyone treats you so much with so much respect. And and if you actually are like unhappy about something, they will make sure to fix it. That's basically what I'm talking about. Meaning it is really the law of attraction, maybe. You know, like if you believe you are that person, you are worthy, you're valuable, you're powerful. That brings stuff to you, that draws things to you. And it also makes you act differently. And it makes
0: people treat you differently. It's really profound. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, man. Well, powerful stuff. I, as I cannot thank you enough for the time. It's been an absolute pleasure learning about you, learning about your journey, learning about the awesome film Eternals. Before we let you go, where can fans find you online and where can we find you next on screen?
1: I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Instagram, and they're both verified. So thank God for that. Um, Instagram is Haas.Slayman and Twitter is Haas.Slayman. I just finished uh, filming uh, with uh, the amazing Paul Whites and Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. They're not done filming. I think that movie will probably be released in a year maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was the last project that I did. and I'm working on the projects that I'm actually currently developing. So, you know, we'll see. I'll keep, keep everyone posted on social media, I guess.
0: Awesome. Hus. Thank you so much for your time, man. An absolute pleasure. Pleasure is mine. Pleasure to finally meet you.